0: Welcome to Bitfaced. Feels like it's been a long time since we've been in the Bit Cave, hasn't it?
1: It definitely feels like it's been a long time.
0: And you know what? We're not really going to spend a lot of time there tonight. So just going to kind of introduce tonight's or today's, whenever you're listening to this, probably tonight with our audience's episode. We spent the weekend at KoboldCon here in Colorado Springs, first ever KoboldCon. And we had a, a lot of fun. Uh, I know I had fun. We'll talk about what you did in a second, <laughs> Tyler. But Rebecca, Doug, and myself got to sit down with Sean Patrick Fannin and play his brand new game that's not even out yet Freedom Squadron, which is a G.I. Joe based uh, tabletop RPG. We talked about it on Sean's episode. We did also, we didn't tape the RPG because we really wanted to focus on the game and learning how to play. And to be fair, I mean, Sean had three noobs at his table that day, and he was very. I mean, you have to imagine he's an amazing dungeon master, but he was very forgiving and very, very nice and very, very appreciative of his players, if you will. And I can't wait to play it uh, again. In fact, it's going to be we're going to be playing pretty soon uh, on Bitface and we will be taping it. So you guys have that to look forward to.
1: So I haven't actually gotten the chance to hear that episode yet. I only got the chance to edit what's coming after this. Just, you know, so I get a little bit before, give me the bit-faced experience of being at a con for three hours not recording.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought that up, because I have to give thanks to Matt, who runs KoboldCon. Thanks for letting me show up and have fun. I've never been to a con, and and, and not that I couldn't have done interviews. I did set up a lot of interviews for the future. Uh, People that will come over here to the cave, But no, I I got to walk into a con, I set up all the audio equipment, and I played games for three straight hours. So it was a lot of fun.
1: And that's, I think, what's really cool about Matt and how he runs Kobold Con. It's a very interactive style of convention. They actually have something called the Quest before the convention that people can go and interact with things in the world and have a chance to win an actual weekend pass. So maybe next year, we might have to try that. It seems like he
0: got the turnout that he wanted for the weekend, considering it was a first-time con. I thought it was impressive. And, you know, I saw a lot of the people that I see at other cons were at Kobold Con hanging out. And that says a lot because, let's be fair, we know a lot of cool people, right?
1: We know a ton of cool people. And we have a huge um, con family, I would say. And we've kind of been inducted into that, along with the guys from Movie Camp and everyone else.
0: And Andy from Movie Camp will be coming on the show. I got a chance to pull him aside. I didn't get a chance to pull Mike aside, who does the show from. Oh my god, I'm slipping now. Kapow! With Juan, yeah, two two guys and a mic. Is two that- guys and a mic. Um, and he's been giving us a lot of love on the net. So shout out, Mike. I I saw you, man. You were engaged in conversation. I was running around. I apologize, but yeah, we got to see a lot of uh, a lot of really cool people. I got to see Sarah outside of makeup, which I had no idea what she looked like. She had to introduce herself to me.
1: I still don't know. I'm just imagining, you know, green Orion girl, Sarah. Well, let's kind of, we don't
0: have to completely get into it, but whereas I was having a great time during the day, it sounds like you
1: were dealing with whiny Hearthstone bitches all day. Well, honestly, I had a great time too. It was just a very long, so Matt had asked me uh to run a hearthstone tournament and part of the reason why i didn't show up on our episodes at KoboldCon is because i had my kid but running a hearthstone tournament isn't super interactive i get to you know click a few buttons to set up a bracket and decide who wins and then i get to hang out with titus and they had this cool little like uh i don't know where you could shoot little hoops and it's
0: called basketball tyler <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes it is but i don't know what are those little is like a mini basketball thing i don't know what those are called do those have a name
0: I think it's just like carnival basketball.
1: Carnival basketball is a pretty pretty accurate description. Anyways, so we were hanging out playing that. Um we we only had one kind of uh pas. <laughs> is that the faux right Faux? Pa? Faux pas. There you go. Uh <laughs> faux <laughs> <Faux-paw. laughs> I'm changing how it's pronounced. And anyways, so what had happened is Earlier in the tournament, we had discussed if there was a disconnect in the game, both players would reset, and you would replay just the same two heroes. Uh, you've only played Hearthstone a couple times, so I'm going to kind of try to keep it basic. But we had a point... Keep it very
0: basic, because I'm already bored. I remember the story being a lot cooler when you told it to me on Saturday night.
1: No, nah, it wasn't. You were just getting really drunk, so... I'm about to lose my mic. <laughs> Shit. What did that table at fucking... Genghis Khan due to our hands
0: uh, that's and that's where all of these problems were caused by the way and I'm not blaming Genghis Khan at all but yeah new Mike stands in the future in fact probably before or after this weekend's episode
1: anyway so you don't have to go into the. do you want to tell the Hearthstone story no nah, the whole point is it was overall a great event I had a lot of fun hanging out with Titus he got to come over at Kobold Khan and do the Jedi Academy with a guy named, uh, or well, the character was Kylo Ren and Anakin, of course. So he had a lot of fun doing that. I posted some pictures on my Instagram, so they're out there. And uh, it was adorable, and I had a blast. I'm just sad that I didn't get a chance to come sit down and talk to you guys, but it's quite all right. You know, I figured you might stop by your own podcast sometime during the day, but I didn't see you at all. So I did stop by twice, but you guys were like, fist deep into conversation and i just left it at that. Well, yeah, and we did do
0: a whole episode with Sean Patrick Fannon. That however is not what you're about to hear. Uh, it's really good and you will get to hear it but you're not going to get to hear it this week. I can only introduce what's about to happen is this is kind of what happens at a con when the three of us just sit down. We were just, you know, kind of talking about the convention and the goings on, but I guess I kind of want to end by saying Thank you so much uh KoboldCon. We're honored to be there. I was honored to be there as Bitfaced. I had a lot of fun, and I will say that Matt is a very good host. Not that we haven't had good hosts at cons in the past. I'm not trying to disparage any other cons, but Matt checked in with me multiple times. When I left for the day, Matt said goodbye and asked if I had a good time for the day, and I confidently told him yes. So, this is kind of a, a hostful coming up. No Tyler on this episode except for what you just got, but you could tell he was busy doing doing other things, too busy to show up for his own podcast. Episode ninety of Bitfaced Rebecca gets a dick pick.
2: Well, you guys got to really witness Doug's loss of tabletop virginity because <laughs> I've never done anything like this before. I mean, there was some basement D&D gaming uh, a long time ago, 25 years-ish. and uh, Before I was even born. Yes. Um, go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Take your shots. <laughs>
3: Just saying. I'm only 24, so.
0: Well, and I think, too, even uh, Bax and I have played D&D more recently than today but today's style of game was different than any uh, way I've played a tabletop role-playing game before.
3: Totally different because I've only ever played um, you know I played before he came over and played with us that's it um, so I played D&D a whopping total of two times in my life before playing this and yeah it was it was very different but I liked this better um, you know obviously my experience is very limited um, but yeah, this, this was much faster paced, um, and yeah, we'll get into some of the mechanics, but I love how we were kind of able to develop the story. It wasn't just the DM giving us everything.
0: And, and Sean, of course, jumped in and really helped out where he needed to, but he did let us guide the narrative based on our own creative decisions. I think that, and I'm not sure, I've never played Savage World. Sean talks about that game a lot. I imagine the mechanics of this work similar to Savage Worlds, if that's the case I, I mean this i don't think maybe i can we go should back pick
3: up savage world yeah maybe we should
0: i don't think i can go back to i mean uh having a dm that does narrate anything it, it's a different experience than this was do you guys agree
3: yeah absolutely
2: especially to the extent that we were all engaged the whole time there, there was no sitting on the sidelines and just rolling dice uh, we, we had to be on our toes and thinking about uh what what we wanted to, the story that we wanted to tell next. And that actually contributed to the experience and made it better as a whole.
3: Yeah. And I I love the way the, um, the like mission cards at the beginning worked because that meant that all of us had to be involved. You know, we have to really kind of problem solve and figure out how we're going to cover all of our bases. Um, yeah, I kind of wish we, Sean and was we here opened to talk up.
0: Yeah, I wish he was too. But we opened up with making strategic des- decisions that, at the end, opened up into a giant battle, which I thought was uh, I thought was incredible.
3: Yeah, it was it was really cool to see how all of the missions that we did, the tactical missions, the covert missions, uh, that we did before the big battle, really benefit benefited us. Um, or I can see how they could potentially harm us if we were to fail them. Um, so that we got was, some really good
0: rolls
2: in the beginning.
3: We got <laughs> fucking lucky, you guys.
2: That's, uh, that's how the game is played, right? Yep. It's all, all left up to the dice. So uh, we started with uh, a pre-rolled character, and we each chose uh, something a, a little different in, in, in specialty. Rebecca, what did you choose?
3: So I went with the medic because I typically um, just am always drawn to the support healer class. I mean, I play Mercy and Overwatch. It's just all the time. That's me. Uh, But um, you guys heard on my intro I loved that one of the secondary characteristics for this medic was Demolitions, and that just, that just really spoke to me, because normally with a healer character, you've got this person who's great at buffs, but it's kind of ineffectual otherwise. And so to be like, yeah, you know, you're a healer, and also you blow shit up, like, that's just, that's rad. Which led to my code name, which is Kaboom.
2: Kaboom, bandages and bombs.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Doug,
2: who did you pick? So I went with the soldier, and this was at, at Sean's recommendation. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I did uh, because, uh, one, I got to be a leader. And as a natural narcissist, that, that fed <laughs> my ego. Um and uh, and I got to bring some uh, additional benefits and buffs to the team as a result of, of using that class. My, my initial thought was that I would go with the, the tech specialist. I'm really glad that I didn't because I, I think I would too. have just felt too comfortable in that role and not not really.
3: This kind of forced you out outside of your comfort zone a little bit. and had to think, think a little differently.
2: Perfect way to put it and, yeah. and
0: certainly contributed to my enjoyment. What about you, Eric? I went. Uh, I went straight ninja. I mean, if we're gonna play a GI Joe esque RPG, I'm going Snake Eyes all the way. In fact, I was gonna name him Brown Eye, but I, I decided not to go that uh, go that route. I went with Blitz. Also, fuck you for choosing Ninja first. <laughs> if you wanted Ninja, I would have switched with you. Thank you for picking someone. Again, in the spirit of GI Joe, you picked your character based around the bonuses that we would get, and I think that saved our asses multiple times.
3: Oh, it definitely did.
0: Uh, and, and that's how G.I. Joe should be. It's all about the team. Everyone has their, their specialty. Sean's design of this game is dripping with G.I. Joe fandom. Every single thing that he brought up. In fact, I guess we're very lucky we got to play this. This game isn't even out yet. You can't buy this game if you want to. You can support Sean, though. And how did he say the best way to do that was? So
3: go to his Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Sean Patrick Fannon. Um, and that's where you'll be able to um, there's a couple of different tiers and you can get um, zeta and alpha and eventually beta access to this game Um, once we're um, once he said once he gets a little closer to production there will be a kickstarter Um, but if you're a patreon you'll get discounts on the game once it is finally in full production so definitely I I cannot recommend it enough both for new and experienced players
0: now, was it the Kickstarter that he said you'd be able to actually contribute a certain amount of money and have a named character in yeah, the campaign? Yeah, there, there will
3: be pledged levels, um, and, yeah, you'll be able to... Oh, there's Mariah. Um,
0: I call the wind that.
3: <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> no, guys, she's, like, really pretty, so every time she shows up, I'm like, oh
2: now i have to look
3: and she's in the judy hopps costume
2: you're gonna have to be more specific i'm sorry the what bunny ears bunny ears okay thank you she's who is judy hopps
3: zootopia the movie i have not seen that i've I seen heard it it's all about, about
0: racism though
3: it is it's really well done actually um and it's very cute and very funny i've seen it about 78 times because it's my bunny rabbit's favorite movie
0: <laughs> now not to completely go off on a tangent <laughs> but how the hell do you know that
3: Because, so we just play different Disney movies for him all the time because um, just like having music or talking in the background, especially when we're not at home, kind of like calms him down. Um, But we noticed that every time we put on Zootopia, when you heard the music at the beginning, it didn't matter where he was in his crate. Um, or what he was doing, he would stop and he'd come out and get to where he could see the television screen and he'd have one ear and one eye pointed towards the TV and he sits and watches the entire movie. Every single time. He does that he started to do that with a couple of others. He really likes finding Dory, but Zootopia, he does it every time. We were shocked.
0: <laughs> well you have a, a lot more insight into, you know, the mind of a bunny than than I do. I do. I have a pet bunny too, but he's wild and he just <laughs> lives underneath our house.
3: So anyways, back to the topic at hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and again, this is an episode of, of BitFaced officially, so we are going to go in a million different directions yeah. at once. I really like the system of the characters. Uh, we didn't roll our own characters. They did come pre-made uh, for us, but we will be keeping these characters. These are our characters now that we will be playing, hopefully together,
3: in and future campaigns. Yes. And one thing that I really, really liked, and again, I don't know if this is a Savage World thing or if it's uh, um, just something that Sean thought of and um, went with, but I love how your stats—it's not a hard number. It's just anytime you need that that check, a strength check or a vigor check, whatever—that's it. Just lists the die you roll. That's it. Um, so I don't know. To me, that was really, really cool because it. it it adds this whole other level of like uncertainty into everything that you're doing.
0: I like too that you don't really, normally when you're playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, you're getting, okay, make an agility roll, make a strength roll, make it this roll. We got to pick, okay, I wanna use my computers because I'm gonna do this because I've got a better dice roll to that you had a lot more flexibility to be creative within your own character
3: right as long as you could sell it this is why i'm doing this and this is what it what i think the benefit will be this is how it fits into the narrative of what this mission is and that was so cool because it did challenge you it did make you think like okay how can i make this work but you're still not confined to these kind of rows that and i think put you in
2: so the downside of that, because all of that makes it really enjoyable, the downside is that I think that creates a, a barrier to entry for this style of game. Um, you think so? Well, specifically for a lot of people who don't bring a lot of creativity to the table, I, I know a lot of people that I enjoy gaming with whom I would never want to sit down and play this style of game with, because I think it, it would take away from the overall experience. Hmm. Um, Wait, be more specific. What do you mean by that? I, I, I mean that in order for this to work uh, we were fortunate enough to have both Sean and uh, apparently a longtime player Chris um, they, they apparently well, I'm gonna make a guess here that Chris has been helping him uh, develop this develop yeah. and, and test and flesh it out over time if it had been just us three to sit down and play this game today I, I think we still could have had a really good time but without someone to guide us along and really uh, set the tone of, of the narrative and uh, really, kind of extract the best story that we could tell from all three of us. Um, we we had the benefit of someone assemble that experience and keep it together and, and keep it moving along. Um, you know, you, you sit down with with lesser types, and uh, it it falls to shit pretty quickly.
3: But I think you know a little that that's definitely very valid. But a little bit contrary to that is this style of of G.I. Joe-esque futuristic warfare in teams is a lot more accessible than high fantasy. So it it is a lot, you know, yes there is some burden on us to create the storyline, but a lot more people are going to be familiar with this type of storyline as opposed to, well, magic and dragons and fantasy and things like that.
0: I don't know if I agree with that. No? I think the fantasy world is more um accessible than the than the GI Joe world is. I think the fantasy world based on Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, GI Joe doesn't really I mean it exists but it's not really in the in the forefront anymore. It'd be like if we rolled out a Voltron.
3: Well, RPG. that's kind of that's kind of like I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that because it is at at its heart just warfare, just advanced warfare. So you and think so the I don't Call of Duty,
0: this would be the, exactly. the Coca-Cola gamer, would, would want to play something like Freedom Squadron.
3: I think they'd be able to a lot easier than they would be able to a and d
0: That's fair. I, I see where you're coming from
2: now. Yeah, yeah and when I think of uh, like my boys, for example, with the types of games that, that they play and the types of media that, that they enjoy, they would definitely... At least be interested in trying this, whereas um, it's been difficult to get them interested in, in Dungeons and Dragons. Even though they both said, uh, oh, yeah, you know, that's something I'd like to try.
0: This is something that, as soon as I describe it to them, they're, they're going to ask, yeah, right. can we play this right now? Because your yeah. boys asked me a couple years back about doing a campaign, and you and I were both like, yeah, we're all in, let's do it. One of you big boys will be the dungeon master, I assume, Connor would be the dungeon master the three of us would play. But then, yeah, they, they, they dropped it.
2: Yeah, Colin actually got the 5th edition for his 15th birthday and uh, has yet to, to play it once.
0: Because he just turned... Uh, well, God, he's 16 now, right? Colin's 17 now. Colin's 17 now, right? Okay. I was oh. waiting for Bex to tell an old joke.
3: <laughs> nope.
0: Not out
2: loud. Not yet.
3: <laughs> Not yet, I'm saving him. So, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, yeah i think this would be a great game style to play with your boys because it is a little bit more like freeform. you know the 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 dm or gm game master um can kind of you know jump in at will but it is very much a team effort so there is less stress on the dm to just come up with this great engrossing story
0: and Sean did a, a great job of not hand-holding for us.
3: But definitely but whenever, nudging us in the right direction. Yeah, when we
0: got in trouble, uh, he would, you know, you might want to do this. Oh, okay, that sounds like a great idea. And really explaining our powers. Um, I mean, there's a lot of shit on the character sheet I didn't even use. I don't know about you guys. that I'm just yeah. noticing now that I'm like, oh, I could have done that. So I think as you, as you get to know your character a little bit better the game is going to get better because you're going to have more options out of situations.
3: And that's the great reason to, you know, stick with this character and play over and over again because eventually you're going to really flesh out your character and really know what you're doing. I've got, on my character sheet, um, I've got so much survival gear and with my gear. If we ever end up, like, lost in the woods somewhere, I got us. So that's, like, that's really cool. And I'm very excited for... Uh, a potential future game where that might come in handy.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, it seems like, and I'll, we can ask Sean this. I assume he might be back for a little bit today to talk to us in between games. He really keeps the campaigns not only unique. I don't think this scenario that we played today gets played again. I think that was part of his overall story. And there's another Freedom Force team or uh, on somewhere else right now doing other things.
3: Right. And I think the reason that works is because the individual missions are left up to us. So he's not having to create a fully fledged story every single time. It's just this is where you are, this is what the goal is, here's a little bit of backstory. Figure it out guys. And that to me was really, really cool.
0: I think to have the the frame of mind that he does to have all of these stories going on at once if that's not the definition of a wonderful game master, I don't oh, know what he, is. Oh,
3: he's brilliant. You can just tell. Whip smart.
0: Well, it, uh, Bex, you weren't with us when we uh, when we had him on the show, but he's no, been but doing this since, it, yeah. okay, yeah, since like 1974. Yeah. <laughs> Two years before Doug and I were on the planet, and, and we're <laughs> old, as Bex has established today. <laughs> And I think that maybe
2: what I appreciate most about uh, this type of gaming in particular is that everyone that's here at KoboCon today is is here for the same reason. They want to sit down with uh, maybe a couple people they know, many times uh, people they don't know, and quickly jump into uh, a really personal experience where, where you're interacting and... Uh, I mean everything that comes out of your mouth as as you're telling a story is really a reflection of of who you are and your experiences and whatnot. and just being able to engage with people in a manner like that it's kinda it transcends uh, a lot of ways that you know that we consume media or enjoy games with people uh, a a la video games or
0: or Xbox Live those kinds
2: of things. Yeah
3: right absolutely.
0: Because I mean yeah that's I mean the three of us that's our strength obviously all three of us are, are video gamers I think we we slid into the the tabletop world pretty well today. I mean, we're all still rookies, obviously, and you know I still need to learn how how the dice and, and things like that work. But uh, I I had a lot of fun being able to use my imagination today. But I think it all comes down to Sean's running the the campaign. With a lesser dungeon master, would have today been as much fun? I don't think so.
2: And a dungeon master at uh, we'll have to assume. Uh, less than 100% capacity since he's not feeling well. we still got a great experience and we might have only got a 40% of of Sean today.
3: That's true.
0: And it sounds like he is definitely, you know, has kind of invited us into his world to play this again and I'm really looking forward to sitting down with you guys when we don't, not that we had time constraints today, we got to get through a whole campaign, but really when we can start you know, one night at 5 o'clock and go until 5 in the morning if we want to, like the old days when I used to play D&D and uh, Top Secret in high school. I love the, uh, I can't wait for this game to come out. I think he told me last time I spoke with him, this will be coming out this year. There will be a boxed version of the game, and I imagine awesome. we'll all be, we'll oh, all yeah, be getting yeah, I'll be
3: it. picking that up for sure.
0: We got to get Sterling in on this. He would want to play. He would
3: love it. I was just texting him, telling him that you know he he um, he likes D and D, but he's so busy, it's really hard for him to get into anything that's very story driven, slower paced. So this is perfect for him.
0: We'll have to pick a, have him pick a good character class that fits in with our our crew here.
3: Oh, I'm sure we can come up with something good for him.
0: Did you see her drop that preemptive bless you?
2: I've never seen that before. That was some Jedi-level sh- <laughs> shit right there.
3: I do, I do that whenever I can. Because my favorite thing to do is if you say it to them ahead of time, sometimes it goes away. And then they're frustrated.
2: Oh, that's like, uh, what's the equivalent of blue balls for a, a sneeze <laughs> for that you sneeze, don't, don't get know. out?
3: <laughs> but it is very much like that. <laughs>
2: sneeze balls?
3: No. Blue sneeze? No. Yeah, I don't blue know. nose? No.
2: We'll come up with something. We'll think on it. Is there, is there a, maybe like, no, not rose
0: nose. That sounds like a Coke habit. There's got to be another name for a sneeze, right?
3: There's a little bit of Schadenfreude there. And I'm like.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I love that word. Oh, me too.
3: <laughs> Schadenfreude and Zeitgeist are my two favorite words.
0: Your two favorite words ever? Yeah. I'm holding you to that. Okay. Those are good. Those are good picks,
2: though.
3: Yeah, Zeitgeist. I love it.
2: Say it, Eric. Say Zeitgeist.
0: Zeitgeist. Now say it with your German accent.
3: Zeitgeist. <laughs> oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will. We're not going to do it today, but we will do the accent challenge on either Bitfaced or Project Challenge. Awesome.
3: Okay. I will be there for that. So if it is Project ta- you know, Challenge, you know you have to compete. Sure include me. Yeah, that's fine.
0: Okay, you have to. You have to step it up and do it.
3: Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I can do accents.
0: You, you just challenged the cosplayer to an
2: accent to do
3: fucking accents <laughs> and i did stage work for a lot of years so
0: i i'm i'm putting myself at the top i think i can beat both of you i used to do uh stage work myself when i played the mad hatter in high school i had 60 lines of dialogue and i did each of them in a different accent
3: if it's more than 50 years ago it doesn't count
0: <laughs> still think i can beat you now i'm gonna beat you even worse <laughs> Uh, I think the gauntlet's been dropped dropped here today. Yeah, because I think if there's one challenge, because uh, we've only, what, ever done one project challenge, and that was the pronunciation challenge, correct? What,
2: one that's actually made it to air, yes.
0: And we still have that challenge. I still have it. I think it's with me, actually. I think it's in my backpack if we ever wanted to do that one again that didn't make it because it was a lot of fun.
2: I kind of like that one, too. But that one was My Wheelhouse, which is uh, the, the grammar Nazi... Uh, pronunciation spelling vocabulary fucking freak
0: like for example rebecca the little guy that messes with superman uh how do you pronounce his name little dude that wears purple um,
2: alternate dimension alternate dimension yeah to Uh, defeat him you got to get him to say his name backwards
3: uh you're asking the wrong person
2: (laughs) tyler didn't know about this guy either is
0: this just a generational thing? It, it
3: could, yes. be, although we have
2: <laughs> No, he's on seen Supergirl. Him. Yeah, so Supergirl.
0: And I haven't
3: watched Supergirl. I don't watch any current TV shows.
0: I'd say he showed up on the old Justice League cartoon. I would say he's definitely been. Which in I have
3: s- seen, but it's been a whole while.
0: And he was—he was certainly on the old. Uh, the Meanwhile in the Hall of Justice, Justice League. Meanwhile, in <laughs> the Hall of Justice. Yeah, he was on that cartoon as well. We'll have to. I bet if I showed you the the paper with his name on it, you'd be like, oh, that dude. Yeah but
2: you're gonna leave her hang you're not gonna tell her what it is
0: it's uh well I, I pronounce it wrong so I don't even know if I can tell her what it is I
2: pronounce it the same way that, that you do
0: I pronounce it Mr. Mixelplik but Doug what is the real pronunciation
2: Mitzelplik is how they've pr- been pronouncing it lately but uh there, there are YouTube examples of both
3: well that just rolls off the tongue
2: <laughs> That that's the whole point like he's it's like M-X-Y-Z-P-T-K-L I mean it's and I'm sure I misspelled it but that that's the whole point point. and then like I said, to, to banish this guy to defeat him, you got to get him to say his name backwards. So, so he's pretty fucking stupid because he falls for that every time. Got <laughs> to say,
0: he's been Superman's villain forever. Um, and yeah, is it the same trick every time to get him? Is that the only way to get him to leave? It's the only way that I'm aware of. But you're the, you're the DC guy. Bex and I are both Team Marvel.
3: Depends. I'm very much uh, Batman and his rogues gallery. That much.
0: That so should be a very good night of trivia at Kapow. Yeah. Uh, I did not fare as well as I thought I would on X-Men trivia, but damn, that universe is dense. It's
3: huge. It's huge. Yeah, I think i I do alright on, you know, where my um, my weakness comes into play is I'm really not familiar with a lot of comic books. I've done a lot of research into them after the fact, but I haven't read very many, so it doesn't really stick with me. Um, but I know a lot about like lore and back history and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot about Harley Quinn, obviously, um, and yeah, that would be the first time you see my Harley Quinn cosplay.
0: I don't even think I've seen a picture because you do the you do the DC Bombshell version.
3: correct? Yes, I do, and specifically the uh, the statue version that TK Miller did. Um, wonderful guy. Got to meet him at Denver Comic Con back in 2015, and I was wearing Harley when I met him, and he was over the moon ecstatic. So that was really cool um, because and the reason I point that out is because I've had mouth breathers come up to me and be like, um, your belt color's wrong. They're supposed to be all yellow. And I'm like, here's a photo of the statue. They're black and red, not yellow. Eat it.
0: <laughs> and, and we don't have to get into this today, but Please good don't. God, the, the <laughs> level of hate that you get compared to. I guess I, I get Twitter banned now that I've started just being a total dick, but I'm, I have targets That's I pick fine. on like our president.
3: Yeah, that's fine. And
0: Tommy Laren.
3: Yeah, that's fine. And fucker. Spicer. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> the, the,
0: the the real Spicer, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the level... Uh, I mean, when you're putting a costume like that together, I don't know why people feel the need to, to walk up and, and criticize. Because they never are wearing anything themselves.
3: No. Um, speaking of all of this, and speaking of not wearing anything, personal point of pride, I got my first... Uh, dick pic from a stranger in my instagram dms over the weekend so i'm kind of excited about that because i feel like i've officially made it as a cosplayer
0: (laughs) is that like a a, now first of all were you impressed with the pic
3: no it was awful
2: (laughs) is there such thing as a good dick pic because i can't imagine
0: there is i do a lot of silhouette work with my dick
3: (laughs) Well, if the uh, if the references that you were making earlier when you were eating your hot dog um, were any indication, you probably need to get some like good perspective on there and make it look a little bit Shading. more impressive than it actually is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you there. So, you when did you get this dick pic? We haven't talked about this yet.
3: No, because I got it last night. What time? It was like 11 p.m. Our time, but I think he's Middle Eastern. Like all, I couldn't read any of the language or anything that was on his profile but it was you know usually you expect it to be like a bot or something like that but it was not it was a real dude
0: (laughs) now i have to ask i know that that people do things like this you figure that people would not continue to send dick pics if it didn't work once not that it has ever worked on you rebecca that's not what i'm implying but why do people continue? To do that, especially now when you send something to someone, that person can do anything that they want with it. There's yeah. no restrictions there. That's why, you know, of course, you have to be very careful on the internet, nothing that our audience isn't familiar with. But I wait, mean, where's that? Did he send a message with it?
3: Nope, it was just the picture. I don't even know how this guy found me. Like, um, but yeah, there's been a lot of, you know, women who receive these pictures and then they turn around and they might message the person's workplace you know they'll they'll contact the person's girlfriend or their mom or their workplace or whatever and like that stuff comes back to you and i did think like well that might be kind of fun and um looked at his profile to see if there was any information like that but i couldn't get anything from it so i ended up just deleting it but uh
0: you didn't keep it
3: no Ugh. it was not not an attractive dick i did not want that <laughs> burning. you know what you should have done since
0: at. you get all the damn criticism, you should have completely written up a critique of his dick and his dick pic and sent it back to him. Nah. I think you should be a dick pic hater.
3: <laughs> uh, and no
2: comments whatsoever. So this was just a, a cock with no
0: context.
3: Yes, just the picture.
0: It was at least the, like the, the manscaping done properly?
3: I will give him that. You know, he did a very good job with uh, with manscaping, but. Otherwise, not not good look. It's not a good look. So, I just
0: want to know what the goal is when you now. Now, Doug, you're the type of guy that definitely probably has sent a dick pic, have you? I have absolutely sent dick
2: pics <laughs> to my wife, but she but she that's knows, to your wife, right? She knows what what to expect, and uh, she's the only person I would ever send a, a dick pic to because I can't imagine just firing off any kind of any content to someone I didn't know, especially a picture of my junk
3: yeah um the way it's been explained in articles and stuff because there have been researchers that have interviewed these guys that have just sent sent pictures asking you know what's the point in all of this and it's almost um oh there's your grown hard men they are gonna be outside
0: i got my fill of grown hard
2: men
3: oh, okay earlier. good <laughs>
0: There's there's a joke there
2: with filling, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> I mean, I set it up for you, dude. Yeah, you Your completely it dead.
3: It's like T-ball. <laughs> um,
0: and we can we can get off dick pics too. We don't have to.
3: <laughs> let's please, but I will say this one last thing. You know, they've explained it as like as as a power trip. You know, whether right. or not the woman responds positively to it, you have forced her. To look at this part of you, basically, and yep. so there is that that power to it. Um, so yeah, that would be my only guess because I can't imagine that it would fucking work. Like there there is not a single person, there's not a single penis on this earth where if I just saw it, I'd be like, that's amazing. I have to have that without it already being my fiance. So
1: <laughs>
3: well, I don't know what the like, point is.
0: It's just like pickup lines that I hear. Not as much anymore because I don't really hit the bar scene. But I used to hear shit and would just cringe. But they wouldn't be saying that shit if it didn't work before, right? Or did you like, hey, I tried it 150 times, 150 first times, the the charm. I I don't know.
2: Um, as soon as you mentioned the the power thing, that actually started to make a lot of sense. And I don't know that we're talking necessarily about um, a uh, a a trick that works or you know some kind of plot or ploy that has actually resulted in a hookup or something before but there's been plenty of you know p- traditionally flashers have been
3: exactly perverts. i think it's more like that yeah it's, especially it's, it's bringing it out more in people because um you know even though all your information is there on the internet there is this level of an- animim- I can't anonymity speak. yeah that word uh i can't speak today um because you, you've you got screens between you and this person. So I think it kind of brings that behavior out even more because you're not face-to-face with them. You can't. The um, opportunities for rejection or retaliation aren't quite as severe. Um, at least, you know, that's the perception. So it's a lot easier to just kind of throw that stuff out there and see what happens, um, which, you know, I was disgusted and horrified but like the logical like rational side of me was kind of fascinated like okay now I get to observe firsthand. here's this person it's Middle Eastern and is not located anywhere near me obviously it's not a can we hook up here's my dick opportunity because there's all that distance so it is just I want to force you to look at this I rape yeah basically
0: that's a good way to look at it I've been very... It felt like that. <laughs> I, I, I bet you did. Um, I've been very impressed today by people I have met and interviewed at cons, and either... I have one example. Jamie, who is dressed up as a Shaka today, I've only seen her out of costume, so I had no idea that was her until she walked up to me. Sarah, Cosmama, was completely in Orion slave girl makeup last time I met her. I had no idea that was her when she walked up to me, and she's like, I was like, oh, yeah, you were my episode this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Really good job with the uh, with with the cosplay today, especially since this is a, a you know a smaller local convention.
3: Oh yeah, we've got some good people down here. We've got um, my friend Mariah, who I'm hoping will sit down with us a little later. She goes by Kid Wolf Cosplay on social media. Um, she's super talented, and she's got this adorable Judy Hopps from Zootopia that the kids just love. She's going to start doing hospital visits with us at Cap for Kids um, as Judy. So very excited to have her kind of join the team there um but she's she's so talented i mean she cranks out costumes faster than anyone i've seen
0: and might we be featuring her very soon on a on a tuesday
3: yeah very soon um do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah um probably not i've got in my head just not written down yet the next four weeks so it won't be anytime in the next four weeks but we are going to start featuring a cosplayer of the week so to speak um I, I know so many talented people and we just really wanted a way to showcase all of the great talent. Most of it is here in Colorado. I do have a few um, friends that are national and even international that we're going to be showcasing. Um, and also there's a new show coming out, Cosplay Melee, on Sci-Fi. Um, same people that do Face Off and it's actually taking place right after Face Off. So Tuesday nights. Um, and I've got a lot of friends that are going to be on there. So most of our um, at least for the next several weeks, most of the um, cosplayers we feature are going to line up with their cosplay melee episode. So definitely a lot of talent.
0: I like it and I think it was a, I think it was a great idea and also kind of BitFace's way to support the cosplay community. We started off as almost strictly a video game podcast. Nick Gochus who, it's not an episode of Bitface If he doesn't get mentioned, just came by and said, you know, I really miss when you guys used to talk about video games all the time. And don't worry, we're not going to stop talking about video games. We just think there's such a broad world that we live in here as geeks that we don't need to just do video games. So a lot of stuff uh, coming up. You watching Legion, Bex?
3: No, not yet. I need to. You have to watch it. So I was bad, and I got a game that I could not afford, um, but got it anyways. And you guys are going to laugh at me. I've talked about this before. Um, Dragon Quest Builders, which is like Minecraft, but not Minecraft.
0: Now, I'm not going to try to call you out here, but I am on the console a lot. I see you once a week. I have seen you on every single day this week, so you must love this game.
3: I love this game. I love it so much and it's got amazing reviews. I think IGN gave it like a 9.2 out of 10 or something like that. Um, so I was really on the fence about it. You know, I've always been interested in the the world of Minecraft, but I wasn't a huge fan of the way the graphics themselves looked. Um, and I've talked to so many people that play Minecraft that are really annoying. It just kind of turned me off of the idea of Minecraft. So when I found out about this game, and I don't know how I didn't hear about it sooner because it actually came out right before my birthday last year. So that would have been an awesome birthday present and I could have saved my 60 bucks. But, um, but it's a really, really cute game. The mechanics are absolutely fantastic. The only critique I'll give it is the battle mechanics are a little clunky. It feels like they made a building game, and then they were like, oh, shit, what do we do if an enemy shows up? So here, have some battle mechanics. Um, But other than that, it's beautiful. It's so much fun. So, yeah, I've been on every single night this week.
0: So that came out last year, correct? Yes, it did. So it kind of beat LEGO Worlds to the jump.
3: It did, which I had
0: started playing this week, and it is phenomenal.
3: Really, I'll have to I'll have to play some Lego Worlds, and then I can compare the two. Um, but I think the other limitation that Dragon Quest Builders does have to it is it's only PlayStation Four or PS Vita. So, any is it cross plot? No. Okay. So there's some restriction there, um, and there's also you know anyone anyone who is playing Xbox or who is a a Wii player maybe they don't have access to this game.
0: And let's let's address that a little bit. Um, as people that listen to the podcast know, I'm a big Xbox fan. Sony is knocking it out of the fucking park with their exclusives yes, this year, and they're they are. not slowing down.
3: No, and we will start talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. And actually, I'll go ahead and give a little bit of a plug. Um, the first cosplayer that we're going to feature is um, my friend Ali. Um, she goes by Allie Cat Cosplay on all social media, and she. Um, like a year ago, she was so ahead of the game when Horizon Zero Dawn was kind of first announced, and we got all the references for Aloy, the main character. She went ahead and put that cosplay together, and she's even um, she's even been featured by the company to um, to kind of be showcased by them. I mean, so as they're touring. They actually have on all of their presentations. Yeah. They have photos of Allie okay. in no, her cosplay. So we'll we'll be featuring her this week um, because Horizon Zero Dawn has just been absolutely killing it. They've been uh, the reviews are insane. Um, I couldn't afford the full game yet and couldn't afford the time, which then I turned around and bought Dragon Quest Builder, so it doesn't really, (laughs) I'm kind of like lying a little bit to myself here. Um, But when the game came out, I did get it on Redbox for just one night because everyone was talking about how great it was and everyone was comparing it to Witcher. So I really wanted to see like, okay, how, you know, I want to see how similar to Witcher it is. And I always do this to myself. I always, I did it with Stranger Things. I'm like, well, everyone's ranting and raving about it, but how good could it really be? And then I got it and I was just floored. It's beautiful. The mechanics are just fun. I love, love, love the battles. Um, I think you'll like it even better than Witcher. Because I know we've talked about you like Witcher, but it was hard for you to get into. The the lore and everything in Horizon Zero Dawn is not quite as dense. So I think you'll be able to get into it a little bit easier. But it is a really phenomenal game. I'm going to say if it wasn't for Breath of the Wild... That would probably end up being the game of the year.
2: You playing Breath too? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, I am going to call you out, not for playing a specific game, but uh, I actually had have something for you, but I can't send it to you until you accept my uh, invite on Steam okay. friend invite. So I thought
3: I did that recently, but I could be wrong. Uh, I
2: I haven't checked in a few days. Okay. But, uh, I think
3: I did a couple days ago. So.
2: And that was kind of my thank you for hosting that, that last episode and oh, allowing me to join, um, which I really appreciated. I didn't get to ask you a lot of cosplay questions that day on that episode. I know. I we'll too. have to
3: do that. I
2: do have one that I want to make sure and ask today. So you mentioned Alley Cat Cosplay. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, and this may be a real obvious question, but uh, on social media, there's a lot of the I, it, what appears to be the surname of, of cosplay. And I, I understand there's like an identity here, but is there anything more to that than just... Uh, like uh, Rad cosplay or Vorian cosplay, Alicat cosplay.
3: Um, so it it depends. I know for for me and for a lot of cosplayers, um, usually it is kind of a nickname um, for Sterling Vorian cosplay. Vorian is actually um, it's a character from Dune, which is one of his favorite series. Um, but he actually changed his name about seven years ago and changed his middle name to Vorian. So that is his middle name. Um, and he goes by that on all of his cosplay stuff. Um, for me, Rad, it's my initials, and I thought it was really cool, and I say, oh, Rad all the time. So I, I kind of went with that. When I first started cosplaying, um, I actually went by Sign Cosplay, which was my commando last name today. And Sign is kind of a um, bastardization of the elvish version of my name. Um, so it was something I'd come up with a long time ago. Just anytime I was building a character in, um, in like Elder Scrolls or anything like that, I always used Sign and really liked it. Um, but it was kind of hard to, especially as I started doing more podcasts and interviews, to have to spell it out every single time because it is S-C-Y-N-E. And so I was like, I want to go with something simpler. My initials are rad. I was nicknamed Rad in high school, so let's just go with Rad Cosplay. And it's worked out really well for me. Um, but there are cosplayers that uh, go a lot deeper into it. They might stick with like this name for this character that they've created. Or um, I've got a really talented friend named Erin Card, and she goes by Ampersand Creations, and she just likes the sound of that. Um, and it's it's really unique, you know. Ampersand is not you don't hear that very often for the ampersand, yeah. So so it depends. I mean. Um, it's it's interesting that you brought that up because that was actually a topic in uh in one of my cosplay groups this week was we started talking about like what was your cosplay name? Why'd you pick it?
0: Have you ever seen the movie Rad? No. I want to hear more about Horizon, so it, it oh, looks yeah. very Shadow of the Colossus to me. Um Tomb Raider is the <sighs> other game that comes to mind.
3: It is um it is as far as like just the feel of the adventure, but the the battle mechanics are straight Witcher. Like you've got a light attack and a heavy attack, I mean, it, it, um, the way you kind of like dodge roll and flow all over the battlefield, it's it's straight Witcher. Um, which is great because when I first started playing Witcher, I, I really struggled with the mechanics because it was just a little bit more involved than I think I was expecting. Um, but once I, I got into it, I really, really loved it. I love that it wasn't just button mashing. You actually have to think about, okay, if I use a heavy attack, is that gonna move too slow? Is this, is this enemy that I'm fighting gonna get out of the way? So it's, uh, it's very well done.
0: So I'm gonna have to check it out, I guess, once I finish. Either Breath of the Wild or Nio, is gonna have to get finished before I dive into something else, because it seems like it's very dense, right?
3: It, um, it is. It's not nearly as dense as Witcher, but it is very dense.
0: And that was my problem with Witcher. Now, am I going to get bogged down in endless side quests in Horizon? Uh,
3: no, I think it's a little bit easier to just focus on the main quests if that's all you want to do. Um, the side quests, I didn't play enough to really get into the side quests because I was still like, you know, you go through all the tutorial phases and then um, kind of slowly start unlocking what the main storyline is going to be. Um, so I think it'll be a little bit easier to just kind of follow the main storyline if that's all you want to do.
2: Without getting into any spoilers, because I know Eric's going to be playing soon, what's the, the premise of this game? Because I think the only thing I've seen online is a, a, a dozens and dozens of screenshots of how gorgeous this game is, but I have zero idea what it's actually about. So have about. you
3: seen the screenshots um, that prove it's actually based in Colorado?
2: I do remember Eric mentioning that. Are there so, landmarks?
3: Yes, there are landmarks. Um, I'll I'll pull up the link once um, we take a break here and show you. It is set in Colorado. There are cool. There are um, the, a couple of users on Reddit um, compiled side by side screenshots and then the actual photo of the actual mountain or pass or statue that is here in Colorado. Love it when Reddit so. uses
2: their powers for good.
3: <laughs> Um, so that was one thing that even, even before I really knew much about the game, I was like, I've got to play this. Cause that's been my favorite thing about moving out here is just how beautiful this state is. And I'm really, really in love with Colorado. Um, so seeing all that, I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. Um, but basically the idea is it's, you know, way off in the future. Um, the only people still living Are kind of like these Viking-esque tribes and there's also giant um, mechs everywhere like you do have a couple of like regular animals like there are bears there are boar um, rabbits etc that you can fight but for the most part everything is like these giant almost dinosaur like mechs it's it's really, really cool. Like I said, I didn't get too much into the storyline. I know that um, the main character is an outcast. She was outcast when she was an infant, and she's trying to kind of rejoin the main tribe and find out why it was that she was outcast in the first place. Thank you. It's really, really well done. The voice acting is superb, too. I mean, just top notch.
0: And it sold, I think, over 2 million copies in the first week.
3: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, Sony. Sony use i mean mean—they're on a tear. They were already winning this console generation fairly handily before 2017. Uh, I mean, Microsoft obviously isn't going anywhere because their pockets are very deep. But uh, I played my PlayStation Four more in 2017 than I have my Xbox One. I never thought I would say that.
2: So Zero Dawn is a PS4 exclusive.
3: exclusive. It is a PS4 exclusive. Yes. Gotcha.
0: Nio also PS4 exclusive. Um, Drain quest what bex just talked about as well ps4 exclusive they're they're really hitting the they're really hitting the exclusives hard and i think i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna slow down
3: no and i think that's smart because i know when it was when it was 360 and ps3 that was i've always been kind of a sony fangirl the playstation one was my first ever console so um but then when ps3 and and 360 were out um there was kind of this war of the exclusives. Like, you had a little bit of, like, like Fable um, 2 and 3 were only on 360, and, or I think 2 might have been on original Xbox. But anyways, Fable was only a 360 title, and so people were kind of gravitating towards that. Halo, same thing. Um, and then Sony had more of these, like, almost storytelling games, like Heavy Rain was a, a big one that we always talked about. Um, this was back when I was working at GameStop, um <laughs> so, and then I feel like a little bit of that went away when Xbox one and PS4 first came out. There weren't too many games that were exclusive to either side, but now we're starting to slowly see a reemergence of the exclusives. So it'll be interesting as the year progresses to see kind of what that does to the gaming community, I think.
0: And Nintendo is already completely on board with that most of their titles, or their big titles I should say, are of course going to be exclusives because you'll never see, I'm not going to say never, but probably never see Mario or Zelda on a Sony or a Microsoft console.
3: And until until the Switch, um, because I truly think that um, even though the Switch has its launch issues, I think that's the way that Um, Nintendo needed to go. I mean, they've always been very good about being innovative when it comes to their consoles. Sometimes it falls a little short. Like, I don't know that the Wii or Wii U did as well as it probably, as they thought it was going to do. Um, So I know for a while there was a big push for Nintendo to give up the console game and just start developing games for the other um, the other consoles, but I think which with the is what Switch, Sega did. Yeah, but I think with the Switch, they've brought themselves back firmly into the we can have our proprietary titles.
2: Speaking of which, Perfect Pint Phil was telling me be telling me about a new VR title that I guess is coming out in the next couple months uh, for the PS4 called Perception. About a it's a horror survival, but it's about a <laughs> it's it's about a blind girl. So uh, oh. she it gets dropped into a mansion and uh, basically has to use her perception I in order to find this. her way out. And the interesting mechanic that I picked up on is that it's all procedurally generated. So it's like a one run and done, kind of like a binding of Isaac uh-huh. and different each time. That sounds really interesting to Isn't me. Isn't perception already exist,
0: just not in VR form? Could be. I don't know. I'm positive it does. I'm, I, if it's the same thing I'm thinking of where you um, and i'll show it to you i have it Doug uh, you hear like a dog barking and you have to walk towards the sound and then as you're walking the world becomes painted around you um, it was a really cool concept i don't know about the vr game i will say on console it really fell short though did it interesting well i i would
2: say that uh, speaking of horror not traditionally a genre that i'm into either i mean i played the first couple couple resident evils and then not really a whole lot since but uh... Something like that done in VR takes on a whole different uh, level of, of interaction. And uh, I could really see uh, just the way that the game was described to me. If it fell short on console, there's a chance that it will shine on, on VR, especially if you're tr- having to reorient and move towards specific sounds. And
3: right.
0: We also got, uh, which I'll have to ask Phil about this, Star Trek Bridge Commander came out this past week, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Oh, it is out. I I think so.
2: Phil was at work all week, and I have to think that, uh, uh, you know what, I'm going to have to cut that out because I'm not supposed to talk about the fact that I worked with him. But I haven't heard from Perfect Pint Phil regarding that yet. I I think you're right. We might need to follow up and
0: get his take.
3: March 14th?
0: Yeah, I I thought it came out Tuesday. And that's when I was really excited to play because it's, to my knowledge, the only multiplayer VR game on Sony, correct?
2: That I don't know.
3: Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I just got I a PS4,
2: look. let alone <laughs> VR gear.
0: But I'm glad I did. Have you Have you liked your you went Xbox first of course, how are you liking your your Playstation 4 thus far?
2: So far uh, the only game that I've really had a time to log a lot of time in was uh, Little Big Planet 3 which is, I know is an older title but um, it happened to be the, the game that was featured on the, the Plus uh, as the free title. Um, and it turned out to be a really good uh, uh, introduction back into the PS4 world. I, I played a lot of PS3, it was, it was my workhorse console for a long time. But it's uh, been a long time since i played Little Big Plan. And the best thing about it is that uh, Nikki loved that game. Uh, and it was also her reintroduction into to some, some regular gaming after
0: taking a break. Oh, good. And they—it's one of the titles that they didn't change Little Big Planet three, but it is cleaned up for the PlayStation four. Am I correct there?
2: I've never seen it on the PS three, so I don't know. I haven't played since Little Big Planet one.
3: Oh wow!
0: I am. Um, I like that series. I wish they would do more with it, and I'm honestly surprised that they haven't.
3: Yeah, I—I I think the hope there, you know, the games are the games are good. Um, they're, you know they're really good but I think the hope there was for Sackboy to kind of turn into the new PlayStation mascot whereas before you know we kind of had Crash Bandicoot or Spyro um, and I think it fell a little short of that but the uh, the The rumors, so to speak, are that Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be kind of the new PlayStation mascot. That's going to be their their flag. Um, I don't know if that was the plan ahead of time or if it's just with all the uh, critical acclaim that Horizon Zero Dawn has received. They've kind of moved that direction, but that's that's what I've been hearing.
2: So this is the outcast
0: heroine that you were talking about earlier? Yeah. And I think that's a, a natural direction for Sony to go because I would argue during the Crash era... Lara Croft was also very oh, yeah. Sony. That was there. That's
3: my next cosplay. It's are you gonna done. do Lara? Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Which version?
3: Uh, blue tank top, black, uh, red glasses.
0: How was your accent? <laughs>
3: I'll have to work on it.
0: Yeah, I bet that's. Are you gonna try to go in character, or are you just gonna? Are you yeah, just gonna that's do the, the idea.
3: Okay, that's the idea. Um, I've also got. I've got a couple of surprises for that cosplay, but I won't talk about them yet.
2: That's right. We'll find out about him when uh, someone complains about him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> when I go viral and people start sending me death threats over fucking gummy bears.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think besides live that ever, that ever aired. So if you have any That's gummy fine. bear, yeah, gummy it's, bear ire, you want to get off your chest there. but No,
3: it's fine. I, you know, I'm over it now. Um, I'm still selling prints of the photo that um, all the proceeds are going to go to my charity, Cap for Kids. Um, what was fun was the official KatsuKan Facebook page actually called us out. Uh, when they made a post recently they were talking about how hey guys we already have the dates for next year we don't have anything else set up um, but just stay tuned here and you'll get all that information you'll have plenty of time to work things out with your friends family and gummy bear dealers and we were like oh shit (laughs) so that was a lot of fun
0: so will you be attending that con next year
3: oh yeah I'll definitely be there and I'm going actually as the um, or for for day zero so to speak the night when everyone's checking in um, I'm working on making a gummy bear bra and a gummy bear, like, crown, and I'm going to be the gummy bear fairy and hand out small packets of gummy bears to people.
2: A gummy bear bra?
3: Yes. Are you
0: trying to break the internet? Yes. <laughs> one, one cosplay at a time, right?
3: Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I say that, and anyone who listens to this is going to be like, you fucking liar, you work on, like, six. <laughs>
0: So any teaser for what you've got coming up? I know I'm going to know about it before the rest of the world is because you run ideas by me every single time. day. Yeah.
3: Um, for what I've got coming up... Uh, Co-
0: Cosplay-wise, because I know we, we're going to be featuring a lot of cosplayers on our page, but we also... We feature you whenever, you know, whenever, whenever you I let can. me, yeah. uh, or, you know. what well, you said I can use anything I want, but I still always ask your permission. So
3: no, I don't care. I just have a problem with, like, sharing my own stuff and figuring out what to say. I, I struggle enough as it is coming up with captions to post on my cosplay page So then to talk about myself again on BitFaced is really hard. Um, so the other one that I'm working on in addition to... Uh, Tomb Raider right now is um, gonna be my first League of Legends cosplay and I'm doing the Arcade Riven. Um, super cute skin, uh, yeah I'm working on her headpiece right now so that should be should be fairly fairly quick um, and then I've got a couple of others in the works that I'm not, I haven't decided what I'm gonna do after those two yet.
0: So this is two examples I would say and I'm gonna go out on a limb here. You don't play League, you don't play near do you just like the costumes and you don't play either one of those games do you
3: so i don't play near i haven't played near yet but i plan to um for for the uh near to be virgin killer boudoir shoot that i did recently um that was kind of i love her look but i'll never have the sewing skill to make her dress and i had a friend of mine post the fan art of her in the virgin killer sweater and i can actually pull up that fan art and show you um and he posted that and he said okay i'm gonna make a uh, kind of selfish request is there anyone that could do this and i was like i got you i already had the sweater um on order so i was able to just get the wig and blindfold
0: yeah, and I, I did see this, uh, this picture this week, and, and it's something we'll put up on BitFace and Project Challenge. Cool. I really liked what you did with it.
3: Yeah, it was a lot of fun.